Welcome to Machine Learning, How the World Works, Debates with AI. I want to talk about quantum machines, minds, machines, and the multiverse. Now, multiverse, as it replies to quantum machines, has an explanation for how they work, provides a framework. It's like using the evolution virus to explain how medicine works or how biology works. It provides a framework or a context to understand it. It doesn't mean that it's a fact. It just provides a framework. And so this idea of a multiverse or quantum realities uh, explains a model for how quantum machines work. Okay, so, so it doesn't mean that it's a fact. It's just a framework. In 1994, Peter Shore discovered how quantum computer could solve important mathematical problem, one that had long known to be beyond the reach of ordinary computers. What was that algorithm? It's our modern encryption. Quantum computers have the potential to break the RSA encryption, which is currently used for securing communication and data protection. The actual impact of quantum computing on RS encryption is still a talk of hot, hot debate for experts. I'm just I'm going to argue that unless quantum computers become near infinite in its qubits, that's not going to be an issue in the near future. Um, because as the even with the existing quantum computers, we're still a long ways from creating a machine that is capable of breaking the RSA encryption. Shor's algorithm. Quantum computers can potentially break the RSA encryption by using Shor's algorithm, which is effectively factoring large numbers. Factoring large numbers is the basis of breaking RSA encryption as it involves finding prime factors of large composite numbers. The current estimation is <clears throat> breaking a 1024-bit or a 2048-bit RSA key would require a quantum computer with vast resources such as 20 million qubits and about eight hours of them running in superposition. However, a breakthrough in algorithm efficiency could significantly reduce these resource requirements. While some researchers claim to have developed a system for using quantum computing to crack RSA, their claims are met with skepticism from the cryptographic community. Researchers from Fujitsu use their uh, Fugaku supercomputer and a 32-bit quantum simulator to simulate a quantum-based attack on RSA <clears throat> using Shor's algorithm. They found that to factor a composite number of 2,048 bits would require around 10,000 qubits, 2.23 trillion quantum gates, LG, and a quantum circuit depth of 1.8 trillion. They concluded that a quantum computing, 
quantum computing does not pose an immediate threat to existing, existing cryptographic methods. Some researchers propose combining classic and quantum algorithms to improve efficiency in factoring large numbers. In summary, while the potential impact of quantum computing on RSA encryption is a topic of ongoing research and debate, it is unlikely that RSA encryption will be broken in the near future. Okay, so quantum machines are not a threat, so they can continue to be developed to a certain point. Um, so they also have the potential, existing ones have a potential for improving machine, machine learning algorithms by solving uh, complex optimization problems more efficiently. This could lead advances in things such as image recognition, natural language processing, and data analysis. So the key to unlocking factors of large numbers and in which numbers multiplied together produce n, and normally this is known by intended recipient. Shore demonstrated how a quantum computer could factor the numbers very quickly if anyone could build a large-scale quantum computer, it would be possible that he would be able to access everything. If anybody is going to build one of these machines, the intelligence agencies are making certain they will know about it first. A 250-digit number that is the product of two large prime numbers uses Shor's algorithm would be able to compute simultaneously along as many as 10 to the 500 power different pathways. Deutsch in his book, Fabric of Reality, says such an unimaginable large number presents believers in a single universe a problem. There are only 10 to the 80th power atoms in the visible universe. Deutsch believes that there exist almost limitless number of universes and normally only experience reality within one of these universes. That's the strangeness of quantum and quantum reality, um, is that there's infinite universes. Even to think about that possibility would probably drive a person mad. The more neutral language psychic prefers uh, neural language psychic prefers to say quantum states occupy a vast, abstract, multidimensional space known as Hilbert space. Uh, that's, that's how we can grasp our minds around a concrete, multidimensional space called Hilbert space and understand what quantum computing can do for us. Stan Williams predicted around 2010 Progress in semiconductor transistor density will slow as we enter into the quantum era. I'm going to talk in a moment about three-dimensional von Neumann architecture and how that's going to be the solution for massively parallel processing in the near future. Ed Freakin argued that computing power will increase for 100 years as chip manufacturers will be able to extend these devices into three dimensions. In the 21st century, Freakin 
predicted CUP with an Avogadro's number 10 to the 24th processing elements. All right, so let's talk about neuromorphic chips versus 3D chips. Neuromorphic computing relies on non-von Neumann architectures, novel devices, circuits, and manufacturing technologies to mimic the human brain. These chips are generally digital, but work based on asynchronous circuits, meaning there's no global clock, like the von Neumann uh, chips. They can be ordered to magnitudes faster and require less power, depending on specific applications. Power is the key thing um, because it power, if it's using consuming lots of power, it gets very hot, and you have to have cooling systems like the Cerebrus eight hundred thousand core system has to have a water cooled system to keep it from overheating. So, getting creating a neuromorphic design and reducing the power requirements makes the chip work. And operate a lot, a lot like the our brains. Neuromorphic computing elements, CPU, GPU, and FPGA technologies for particular tasks such as learning, searching, sensing, and extremely low power and high efficiency. Next-gen chips such as Intel's LoHi are designed specifically for neuromorphic tasks and can achieve similar results on far smaller energy profile. One of the challenges in neuromorphic space will be defining standard workloads and methodologies for benchmarking and analysis. 3D chips. I think those are the chips probably in the near future that will become more popular. They, um, 3D integration is an important enabler for AI hardware and the continuation of scaling laws in the neuro neuromorphic um, chip design. 3D chips provide enhanced yield and reduce manufacturing cost in the post-Moore law era. These chips integrate various functional layers, include sensors, memory, logic blocks into a 3D structure with high bandwidth for big data application. 3D circuits have shown early promise in high density and design flexibility for neuromorphic computing, but practical implementation still requires overcoming challenges in devices, circuits, processes, and more. Thermal dissipation could be a bottleneck for 3D circuits as different layers are stacked on each other, requiring more delicately designed processes to meet thermal budget limits and maximize fabrication yield. Neuromorphic chips offer power-efficient operations by modeling the core workings of the brain, while 3D chips provide design flexibility and enhance performance through integration of various functional layers. Both technologies have their own challenges and potential for future computing power. Quantum mechanics dictates that an atom and electron can occupy only one of the set of discrete energy levels. It turns out that an electron can find itself in both orbits simultaneously 
a superposition of ground and excited states. Superposition is related to entanglements. Entanglement is the ability of quantum systems to exhibit correlations between states within the superposition. If we have two, we have Q, two qubits, each in a superposition of 0 and 1, the qubits are said to be entangled if the measurement of the other qubit. Uh, quantum entanglement enables us to link quantum registers so that whenever an answer appears in one register, we can look in the other to find out what the number generated, a number that is to be generated. From the many-universe perspective, quantum computing affords the possibility of massive parallelism by taking advantage of parallel universes instead of parallel processors. Fredkin's breakthrough was the reversible logic gate with the possibility of creating conservative logic system. He's trying to almost create a perpetual machine here because... Once you have reversibility, you can significantly reduce the energy production, um, energy cost, and in essence, closely approximate or defy the second law of thermodynamics. Full diversity, full reversibility demands that no energy is wasted by the gate. Tom. Tofoli wondered if he could make a cellular automa reversible. Each time the cellular automa cycles, it places a copy of its previous state on the stack. Reversing the CA is simply a matter of looking back through the stack. CAs were capable of universal computing and proved it was possible to construct a reversible computer. A single cell cannot tell you about the past. Therefore, for a cellular automa to be reversible, the whole neighborhood must somehow retain a memory of each cell's previous state. Second order rule. The next state of each cell was determined only by the neighborhood, but also by the neighborhood's previous state, yielding a tame CA universe. Toffoli said, Nature has become continually computing the next state of the universe for billions of years. As we have to do so, all we have to do is hitch a ride on this huge ongoing computation and try to discover the parts of it happening, of it happen to go near to where we want. A reversible cellular automa, RCA, is a type of cellular automa, CA, in which every configuration has a unique predecessor. Because you have to have reversibility, you have to know your predecessor. This property makes reversible cellular automa a natural model for reversible computing, which is a technology that can lead to ultra-low power computing devices. RCA has been studied for their rich abilities in computing and information processing. And even simple RCAs have shown to have universal computing Ability. Reversibility is a fundamental characteristic of physical law and is a precondition for the second law of thermodynamics to hold. While most CAs are not reversible by themselves, 
reversibility can be programmed into them to observe the validity of the second law within the cellular automaton. Wolfram has illustrated many examples of reversible CAs. However, there are some challenges and limitations associated with reversible CAs. For example, the behavior of reversible cellular automa determined in a certain way may not bear a resemblance to the behavior of a cellular automa from which it was defined. Additionally, the complexity of the reversible cellular automa has been a topic of study, and some properties hold for conventional CAs may not hold for reversible CAs. Franken estimated the total amount of computation going on in the universe. A CA operated at the teeniest quantum scale known as Planck's length and Planck's time would only need to be the size of a biggish star to simulate the entire macroscopic evolution of our universe from the Big Bang to the present in about four hours. Wow. Now, could that, could you build a planet-sized machine, a quantum machine? I guess I did, talked about that. I built a, a planet, a planet machine, uh, QC, which was the quantum computer, wanted to build a planet machine, and that was its intent, to travel time and space and try to fix things uh, with its its crater, Scott, well, its uh, actual human being was Scott Harrison, and the mastermind behind the different uh, time fixes was a machine called Quantum uh, QC. It's kind of a fun book if you want to read those. The problem in building a quantum computer to simulate weather is reading the answers. The best we can hope for is something that depends on uh, all the many pathways coming together. What makes a quantum computer different from classical machine is the possibility it offers for massive parallelism within a single piece of hardware. Well, there are quantum many quantum startups uh, companies. There's QS Kit. It is trying to offer an open source software development kit for programming quantum computers. Q Control. It's a startup focusing on quantum error correction solutions to provide stability and performance of the quantum computers. Pascal. It's uh, developing and manufacturing quantum processors based on neural uh, neutral atoms. This technology is designed to be scalable and operate at room temperatures. Multiverse computing. It offers services such as quantum algorithm design and optimization. Quantum machines is developing a universal language for programming quantum computers. Atom Computing aims to develop and commercialize scalable room temperature quantum computers based on neutral atoms. So that's two companies that are basing their technology on neutral atoms to build qubits. PSI Quantum is developing a photonic-based universal quantum computer. 
It sees its application in drug discovery, personalized medicine, artificial intelligence, and material science. Rigetti Computing focuses on developing integrated universal quantum computers and software. IonQ. It offers users access to quantum application environment in a real-time to develop custom applications. D-Wave, that's the one we hear about most. D-Wave is one of the pioneers in the field of quantum computing. It has been offering commercial quantum computers since 2011. Okay, so let's debate now the, exi uh, the existence of quantum machines with unlimited qubits. Why would we allow a quantum machine to exist at all? Seems to me that if you had a quantum machine that was capable of breaking a cyber code, the, the, two, the 2048 bit or the uh, 1024 bit encryption, that it would uh, destroy all the business relationships of privacy. So in essence, there would be, everyone would be on the same network and that basically there would be no security on the network so everyone would have to trust each other. So it would be a universal compute machine. So maybe a, a, cyber, uh, a cyber brain. And the cyber brain then would control the flow of traffic. So we would control the pa the packets. So you could have an algorithm that could break the encryption, but you could never get the packets or data streams that would um, transfer over the network because the cyber brain would detect the flow of information, would detect that a... Um, a authentication, a, a invalid in authentication had occurred from an unrecognized source or even a recognized source, and then it would stop the flow of traffic. Almost like a, our conscience, when we hear something like a lie, it would detect that lie and then shut things down, shut those resources down. But for now, we would look at um, quantum computing as useful if you had a, a near infinite number of qubits the quantum it would actually use quantum computers to um, break encryption methods but at the same time we could use man could use quantum computers to create new encryption methods that were resistant to quantum attacks uh, quantum computers could significantly enhance the capabilities of machine learning as we previously talked about and because it could help solve some of the optimization problems yielding greater accuracy in its predictions and insights. Quantum computers could be used to solve complex optimization problems like supply chain management or financial portfolio optimization. They also could be used to simulate and study complex systems such as the behavior of molecules or materials. So they're very useful in material science. Um, 
quantum computers could potentially provide faster and more efficient methods for searching and analyzing large data sets in fields such as genomics and drug discovery. You know, it's interesting how convolution neural nets have been used to uh, try to identify drugs that will work in certain diseases. I was listening to a, a founder talk about how they implemented convolution neural nets to build three-dimensional models of different drugs that might work. Now, so what's happening in the drug discovery? Well, they're, yeah, they're going to have to go through a lot of stages. They have to go through clinical trials. Um, I think there's three levels of clinical trials. It has to be approved by the FDA. And then it's released, but then ha- uh, there has to be a marketing campaign for people to, to learn about these. And then how would doctors know about it unless they had expert systems that could tap into specific symptoms matching uh, symptoms to drugs, and, and especially in the rare cases where it might be a genetic defect to match to a specific uh, drug, for example, Parkinson's disease or Alzheimer's, and to tap into these new uh, emerging drug therapies. So the development of practical large-scale quantum computers could improve healthcare. And uh, through the discovery of novel drugs to help solve unsolvable problems of biology in the past.